What's good? Welcome to episode one of Timeouts with No Stopping Kev. So, whether you're returning to the channel or if you're new to the channel, you're probably like, what is Timeouts with No Stopping Kev? Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of things that I, quite frankly, just can't always get to on a podcast. So, I had to give y'all more. So, on Wednesdays, going to be dropping additional material. Now, it's going to be a variety of things, of which... One series is timeouts with no stopping Kev, where I take time out to discuss some things that I think are worth talking about. So here today, we're going to be talking a little bit about things we can learn watching The Last Dance. If you don't know what The Last Dance is, what have you been doing? Because you must be living under a rock. There's nothing else on TV. So what have you been doing? You know what? I'm wrong. I'm not going to judge you. No judgment free zone here. Just turn on ESPN on Sundays, Google it, find the listings of when the reruns are coming so that you can get caught up. But The Last Dance walks you through Michael Jordan's final season with the Bulls, that 97-98 season. But it also takes you back to basically through his whole basketball career. So you get to learn a lot about Mike, a lot about the Bulls, and a lot about key people and players along Mike's journey. One thing that I've realized watching this documentary is that There's a lot of lessons we can learn about life through Mike's basketball journey. For instance, let's visit something that was discussed in the first episode. If you play ball, if you've heard anything about Michael Jordan's legacy, you probably heard that he was cut from his high school team. So in episode one, they talk about when Mike was cut as a sophomore, thinking he made it, you know, thinking he deserved a spot on his team. He went home and broke the news to his parents and you know Mike really felt like he wanted to quit like he was ready to give it up but you know what his parents said you got to work harder think about that how many times have you seen parents coddle their athletes or parents coddle their children whether it's in athletics academics life in general Mike's parents gave him that tough love this ultimately was very pivotal for Mike's entire career believe it or not Mike's parents didn't let him take the easy way out. Instead, Mike worked his tail off so that he can earn a spot that following season. And then, it's almost like the rest is history. He took the court by storm, took his high school league by storm, ended up playing at the notable UNC, where he won a national championship, hitting a game winner, going on to be selected by the Bulls and ultimately winning six NBA championships and being regarded as the GOAT. So what if Mike had quit? That legacy wouldn't exist. If Mike had quit, basketball probably wouldn't be the game it is today. You can probably argue that a big part of life wouldn't be the way it is today. But there's a very critical lesson in this piece of history. As a coach, I've seen a ton of times where, you know, players get cut, never come back, stop working and give up completely. I've been approached by parents that, you know, come to me before even talking to their kids. I've witnessed players put on their sweats while on the bench after coming out of a game for a breather, getting dressed and walking off the bench and going home with the parents. One thing we have to realize is that in life, doors will be closed, slammed in your face. But if you quit, you give yourself no chance of knocking down that door to get the reward that's behind it. So if you give up on pushing through, 
Next thing you know, it becomes a part of you. One bad choice can easily become a habit and can easily become character. If you quit once, who's to say you won't quit the next time? It almost becomes super easy to just give up and keep it moving. I, for one, as a coach, I love when, you know, it's unfortunate, but sometimes I have to cut guys, right? I might have to cut a guy two, three years even. But when that guy comes back and he's noticeably better, and, you know, I, I can honestly say this guy deserves a spot on his roster. That's something that makes me super excited because it tells me a lot about that player. It tells me, one, his willingness to work hard, get better, his dedication to the game, and most importantly, his love of the game. Because it's not easy getting cut, walking back into a gym around the same people that know you got cut, and you still go out there and give it your all. That says a lot about a person's character. And me personally, those are the type of guys I want on my roster. And not only that, it says a lot about a person's discipline to do what it takes to get better. And that's something that easily translates off the basketball court because in life, there's going to be times where you're challenged or, you know, you think you're deserving of an opportunity. You don't get it and you got to go back to the drawing board and, you know, work on your craft. You know, it can be in your career. Maybe you pitch a deal and people say no. And now you got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how can I tell her this to get that? Yes. How can I tell her my pitch to make them see the value in what I'm offering and what I'm bringing to the table? I can go on and on with examples, but the bottom line is we're going to get rejected. We got to respond the right way. And that response has to be coming back better and stronger each time. So the next time adversity hits, just ask yourself, what would Mike do? Another thing that stood out to me, and it's something that I learned watching another NBA documentary, was Mike going up against the bad boy Detroit Pistons. Detroit was known for bringing it to you on the floor. Not just with their game, but with some physicality. They had Jordan rules. And one of my favorite, if you watch ESPN's 30 for 30 Bad Boys, the tap-tap rule. Anytime Mike would come through the lane, they was trying to knock him down to the ground. <laughs> Simplest way to put it. And for years, Mike couldn't get past Detroit. They simply didn't have enough to get it done. And Mike was getting beat down, worn out, just didn't have enough. So did Mike roll over and quit? <laughs> of course not. He got in the gym, got stronger. Mike's words were, I want to administer pain. In life, we have a choice. We can either let adversity knock us around, or we can fight back against adversity and continue working to achieve what we set out to do in the first place. Mike got in the gym, he got stronger, he helped his teammates get stronger, not just physically, but also mentally. Again, the lesson in this is that in life we're going to get knocked around, we're going to get knocked down from time to time, but we got to get back up, work to improve, so that we continue moving forward in life. So again people, there's going to be obstacles in your way, maybe even each and every day. Some are going to be bigger than others. But under no circumstances can we roll over. You got to keep pushing. Remember, what will Mike do? And just a reminder, you know, that's my whole mantra going back to where No Stopping Kev comes from. You know, I was always, I'm not going to say I always was, but in high school, I really got into quotes and mantras. You know, little things to just keep me going. Daily reminders 
to where you know when we got my first cell phone we had you used to have your little signature at the end of messages and mine used to be kb play to win and that was just my constant reminder that every time i stepped out on the floor and even in anything that i did i wanted to be number one i wanted to come out a winner come out on top every time fast forward a few years you know you get instagram twitter it's like what is my handle gonna be it has to be something that is representative of who i truly am and for me i was like i'm a guy that i'm not gonna let anything get in my way and from there no stopping kev was born so i challenge all of you like Come up with something that's going to keep you going. Just as a little reminder to yourself that you're not going to let anything get in your way. Again, I've loved watching The Last Dance. I've been learning a lot about, you know, Mike, the Bulls, NBA history in general. But a part that I really enjoyed wasn't about Mike at all. It's about Dennis Rodman. I knew a bit about Dennis Rodman. I knew he was a bit of a character. I knew he was a great role player. But I didn't realize what level of dedication and grit this guy had. In my opinion, Dennis Rodman is the greatest teammate in the history of sports, period. This guy would literally do anything to win. He's probably the only person on the planet that would be willing to play 48 minutes and only rebound the basketball. Doesn't need a single point, single shot attempt. Doesn't necessarily have to get the steals, although he was great at playing defense. He would just do his job. And that's something so many of us got to do. We just got to play our role in life. You know, whatever it is, especially in sports, but also sometimes in, in wherever you're working. Let me give y'all a couple highlights and accolades on Dennis Rodman. This man had 39 games with 20 plus rebounds. Think about that. Most rebounds he ever grabbed in a game, 34. By himself. Teams probably only average about 50 rebounds a game, and this man... Could go out and grab 34 on his own. He's also the oldest player to ever lead the league in rebounding. Not to mention, there were seven games where this guy had 20 plus rebounds. No points. That's the definition of I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do it well. If whatever the team needs was a person, it would be Dennis Rodman. The dude could also guard all five positions. Incredible. Let me just read a couple other things off. So, he's a basketball hall of famer. Five-time NBA champion, winning back-to-back -back with Detroit and then three times in a row with the Bulls. Two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 1990 and 91. Eight-time NBA All-Defensive Team selections. Seven of the eight, he was first-team All-Defense. Two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA Third Team, three-time NAIA All-American. There's a lot we can learn from Dennis. One, play your role and play your role well accept it take pride in it you know a time i had to do this was when i was in high school playing a point my senior year you know we had some guys that can go out and get 20 pretty easily i love to score the ball but i realized that the best thing i could do to help my team win was to on the offensive side of the ball be a facilitator help make the game easier not only for our one and two options scoring the ball but also for our role players help them get easy baskets because then we're more dangerous collectively as a team. Then on the defensive side of the ball, I would just pick guys up 94 feet. And it became something that I took pride in and I loved doing. I loved doing it because I knew 9 times out of 10, guys weren't being faced with that type of defensive pressure on a nightly basis. So when they played us, 
they were going to have to deal with something different. It was going to be a different experience for them. Much like it was a different experience for guys in the NBA dealing with Dennis Rodman. The second thing we can learn is that sometimes doing the dirty work is how we actually can reap the biggest rewards. Rodman did the dirty work. Five NBA championships. And I heard the other things I read off on his resume. Sometimes in my career, I find myself doing the dirty work. But I know it's going to pay off in the long run. That's a part of being disciplined. Just remember, someone has to do it. Why not you? Why not be a person that accepts the challenge, levels up, improves in an area? And something something that you'll realize is that sometimes you'll untap personal growth areas for yourself when you're not even expecting it. The easiest way for me to summarize the biggest takeaways from Dennis Rodman is this. If no one builds or holds down the foundation, then you can never build that sexy skyscraper. So keep watching The Last Dance. We got about four more episodes left. And continue thinking about how these things can actually relate to your life. As always, thank you for tuning in to the No Stopping Kev show. And especially this first episode of Timeouts with No Stopping Kev. I have a ton of new content on the way. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And also make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Love y'all until next time.